Hey everybody, Never Too Late Podcast has finally returned. We had a little hiccup in our lives. COVID hit our household. And I know um, I try not to get political here, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to tell you COVID is no joke. You get the vaccine, vaccine, you get the vaccine or not, it is your choice, but COVID is no joke. I will say that I had a first dose of the vaccine. I know before I told you I wasn't going to tell you if I had or not, but I did, got the first dose, and I got sick from the vaccine. However, my husband has had no vaccine, and he got pretty darn sick from COVID. I got COVID too. My vaccine reaction was worse than my COVID. His COVID, he ended up, I ended up taking him to the ER a couple times. He ended up on oxygen. It's been about three weeks and he was pretty darn sick. So, hey, it's never too late to get COVID. How's that one for you? Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. That's why we've been MIA for a while. I do have a guest with me today. I have a, a nice little nurse that has came to help us out for a while where my husband's been sick. Melissa Collins is a nurse and she is actually, she lives up in Michigan with her husband and two daughters. Melissa, do you just want to introduce yourself for a minute? Yeah. Say something about yourself? Yeah, I am, like she said, Melissa Collins. Um, I've been a nurse now for, gosh, it's kind of hard to remember how many years. Quite a few years, we'll go with that. And um, I came down here, actually, Deb's husband is my father, and um, he got real sick with COVID, so I figured he might need a, a, a nurse ratchet to come down and, and <laughs> slap him around and make him do what he needs to so he can get better. And so, he did. Yeah, he, he is. He did need he that. He is getting better. And I do have to say, too, uh, when we got COVID, we were actually in South Dakota in our RV, and we were both sick, and I hardly ever drive the RV, and we had two of our boys come up and drive us back to Alabama, so that was a lifesaver, too. So, these kids are pretty darn cool. I agree. We are, we are pretty cool. <laughs> they are pretty darn cool. Yeah, Melissa said, we're just kind of going to go off on different areas here. Melissa, maybe, I don't know, were you a bit shocked when you saw how dad you are? how sick your dad actually was when you got here i was yeah i had decided to book a ticket after you know my brothers went from colorado up to north dakota south dakota south dakota to pick you guys up and drive you back and um i had talked to my dad on the phone a couple of times and just hearing the difference in his voice right. I, i've never seen my dad super sick before and i'm 40 years old so this was kind of an you know it was it was important that I fly down here and just help out and I really needed to get my eyes on him you know just kind of that nursing assessment that goes with that sometimes it's fair game with family and you forget everything you know <laughs> but I could tell for sure that that he was having a real rough time so it was important that I got down here and when I first walked in the door I had noticed that my dad had lost probably 20 pounds since the last time I had seen him and he verified that it was about 15 pounds that he had lost but I was very surprised to see how thin he was and how pale he was, and it, it was a sad sight, but I was hopeful that if we go through the steps that we needed to for home care, it would work out to, to the better, and it has. Yeah, it has, and, and I've got to say that having, having you here 
was so helpful to me because I was trying to take care of him when I was sick too. Right. And that was hard. And plus, I have no clue what to do. I'm like, okay, we've got him on oxygen. I guess that's good. But then you came and you needed to do the percussion or what I call yep. beating on his back and yep. and stuff like that. So, so just so if anybody is out there listening, find out what to do. I thought I was doing okay, but when Melissa came, who is you know an actual nurse. Doesn't just play one on TV like I do. <laughs> yeah, she actually the, knew what to do. One of the strange things that we've learned about COVID in the hospital, and this was very strange to me because, you know, obviously I've been taking care of patients for years and in, in all different settings of the hospital and all different areas. And one thing that we did with COVID that really surprised me, I had never seen us do this before, was turning someone prone is what it's called, which is basically laying them on their belly. Um, which relieved all the pressure, especially for women or heavier men, um, the pressure from your chest and everything on your chest, your heart, your um, fat, your breast, all that stuff on your chest, pushing down on your lungs, which made it more difficult for people to breathe. So turning them prone and over onto their stomach actually was a lot, able us to open their lungs up a little bit more and we were seeing a, high, a higher oxygen concentration with people flipped over on their stomach. So we did that a couple of times with my dad. I also did um, what's called percussion therapy, where you basically cup your hands and uh, kind of pound, pound on the back on both sides, on either side for the lungs. And that's supposed to help loosen up the, the gunk and stuff that builds up on the back of the lungs. Because as you know, when we're sick, we usually lay down on our back or our side, which with gravity working, all of the pus and stuff that grows um, up in the lungs kind of sits towards the back of the lungs so flipping them over onto the stomach and kind of work in the back of the lungs which is a lot of what we do with pneumonia and stuff too but that did see we saw an immediate spike in his oxygen level as we went through and did yeah. those um, he was very weak so we started slowly like I said having him lay on his his stomach for about an hour at a time about twice a day we did that for a few days along with the percussion therapy first thing in the morning. And then of course, just some relaxation exercises like massaging his feet and his hands and his back and his neck and head and stuff like that. Just some stuff to help him relax and take a couple of deep breaths. We know that we breathe a little deeper when we're more relaxed. Um, and then of course, after a few days and his oxygen level started to raise a little bit, we decided to start working on building some of his strength back. So it was very difficult for him to walk and get around and he would drop his oxygen levels. So working on some small strength training, we put five weights, uh, five pound weights in, the, in either hand while he was sitting and just had him kind of flex those back and forth for, you know, about two minutes or so and have, had him do that several times a day. We did some balancing exercises where he would stand in front of me holding my hands and just stand on one foot for 30 seconds, stand on the other foot for 30 seconds and just kind of go back and forth with that. Basically learning the, the basics again. And make sure he wield his um, ankles and feet to yeah. keep blood clots. Yeah, away. very important that you that you keep moving around. So the heart is actually strong enough to put, push blood down through your body, but it's not necessarily strong enough to get it back to your heart. So the way blood gets mm -hmm. back to your heart is actually through muscle contraction. So if you're inactive and you're laying that. down, um, yeah, your heart is not, or your, your blood is not pumping quite as well as it should be. So it's important that you don't get pooling of blood in especially lower limbs and stuff like that. And as you get older, you usually get poor circulation and things. So by wiggling your toes and flexing your ankles and stuff, and um, it really helps to push that blood back to your heart to get good circulation going. And it's good for strength training too. So 
it's kind of good all the way around. Mm -hmm. And as far as the, the prone, um, we have a family doctor who's a friend of ours who was talking about that too. We called him and so Melissa and he were both talking about the prone position, having him lie on his stomach. So so that's not just something Melissa came up with on her own. Nope, nope. They're, yeah. they're out there saying it. Yep, lots of physicians are out there saying it. They've, um, you know, in the hospitals and stuff, they've figured it out. And, you know, please don't take me as I... I um, buy into all of this stuff you know my my husband and I have very different views on a lot of this stuff and my husband would say that the people who are following along with this disease process may be sheep you know and just kind of following mm -hmm. the crowd and that kind of thing but mm -hmm. really um, I'm not sure what my exact stance is on the vaccine on COVID in general where it came from how it came to be if it's political if it was put there on purpose I'm not sure Right. what it is I just know that the people that I've seen sick from it are really really sick mm -hmm. and the fact that we're having to start doing things to these people that we've never done before it's concerning mm -hmm. and I will say that you know Tom like I said did not get the vaccine and I, I still actually don't know if he's going to get it just because he saw how sick I got because of the side effects so Tom uh, at some point he would say well you know it's just a bad flu whatever. Well, I think he's discovered it's a really, really bad flu. <laughs> yes. So I'm not sure if his stance on that is going to change. I mean, he never thought it was a hoax. He thought it was real. He just, I think, didn't realize how bad it got. And I think the Delta variant is worse. Is that, have you seen that? Or I'm not, not necessarily necessary? sure. I mean, that's what they're saying, but I don't know that specifically to be able to, yeah. to sway someone one way or another. You know, and as far as, as how how easy it is to transmit it to somebody else, we were around some friends, like, right when Tom was getting sick. So he should have been contagious. He was sitting in their RV and coughing and stuff, and three of them were vaccinated and one was not. And so then I ended up with COVID, too, and I was still being around my friend, though, because she didn't care. She, she wanted to see me, but she never got COVID. So... It's just kind of strange how it maybe picks and chooses who it wants to go to. It could to. be. And, you know, the time frame that they talk about for the time that you're contagious, you know, they say anywhere from 3 to 14 days. So they tell people to, to quarantine. The 14 days to me seems a little excessive. But, again, I am not... I am no, no expert. I am will say just a nurse. I think they might have changed it to 10 days. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's fine. I know that the they were having people quarantined for 14 days there for a long time. Right. So, yeah. um, like I said, I'm just a nurse. So I'm not, um, I'm, this is merely a speculation on this side. But I was a little nervous coming down here knowing that I could definitely contract it. Knowing that, mm -hmm. you know, going home, I have, you know, a husband and two... 16 year old girls so yeah um, you know it, and it probably just going through the airport again too yeah the the airport I wasn't really worried about you know I was wearing a mask I keep my distance you know I I haven't been real into the masks mm -hmm. um you know that's why I won't necessarily tell you where I work or anything because I don't want them <laughs> to be upset because I don't but really going through the grocery store and stuff like that I never get that close to people and I really try to keep my hands to myself and not touch a bunch of stuff so I really haven't been on board that much with the masks, but going through the airport, 
Um, you know, a lot of people have gone through there. You have no idea where they've come from. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just your local grocery store where it's locals going in and out of right. it. So I did wear a mask. Um, I felt pretty comfortable. You know, I used hand sanitizer if it happened to be there and things, but, you know, wash my hands frequently. But, um, you know, I thought about it before I came down and I was trying to decide, like, do I wear a mask the whole time I'm at dad's house, you know, mm -hmm. just to prevent this? Yeah. But as I thought about it, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, you guys had been sick for, you know, about nine days or so. So by the time I got here, hopefully the contagion would be gone. But really, coming down here to spend a week, I just, I was not willing to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't willing to be scared of COVID when it comes to my dad being sick and you being sick and needing to come down to lend a hand. Well, you know? and you were a nurse, and you have been working with COVID patients. And I that have. was before the vaccine I have. came out. But we're masked up, and we've got yeah. goggles on and gowns and things like that, really yeah. to help prevent transmission. Mm -hmm. um, but it still happens. I mean, there's nurses at the hospital that get it, and you don't know if, if they got it from the hospital or out somewhere else. Yeah. So it's, it's just like any other virus out there. Mm -hmm. You can pick it up anywhere. You know? Yeah, and, and that's what everybody says. Well, where did Tom get it from? I'm like... Who I don't knows? know. He hangs out at Lowe's all the time. He yeah. got it at Lowe's. Right. right. Who knows? <laughs> you no, know, there's no specific person that we know that we came in contact right. with. Right. Yeah. Walmart shopping cart. Who knows? You know. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So okay. Is there anything else we want to talk about about COVID? No. no. I'm sick I, of talking about. I was going to say I didn't plan on <laughs> talking a lot about COVID, but I think this information is kind of. You know, if somebody listens to this, it might be helpful. Maybe, yeah. Then, I hope I hope that it is just to see someone else's experience going through it. And, you know, this whole this whole time, I've really prayed that obviously prayed that nobody would get it, but really prayed mm -hmm. that my family and stuff would be safe because mm -hmm. you know, as humans, we are selfish creatures like that. Um, so it it was scary to find out that my dad had it and was doing not so good and right. I was I was pretty concerned when I first came down here well I'm not so. gonna lie when I had to take him to the ER twice I was a little yeah <laughs> yeah that wasn't very fun so but um oh just to point out though that um um our, our doctor did say just for all of you out there over the counter vitamin c vitamin d and zinc yep so but other than that okay let's move on from covid so you live in Michigan I do. with your husband and two daughters, and you have a blended family. We do. The girls are the dun, same dun, age, dun. <laughs> the same age, teenager girls, yeah. the same age. So is there anything you want to tell us about that? Any about a blended family? Yeah, any challenges? Oh, it's, it's oh gosh, it's full of challenges, full <laughs> of challenges, my goodness. If we can make it through this without killing each other, I, you know, it, it, it'll be a miracle. But but your teenage years are, they're getting close to the end, the teenage years. They are, yeah. They became sisters when they were eight years old. They're now 16, so they've had some time to get used to each other, to love the heck out of each other and hate each other and annoy each other and <laughs> respect each other and disrespect each other all in the same. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely been a struggle especially from my husband and I coming as two single parents on either side before and then coming together. Right. It, it definitely is different to see, um, to see how we raised our children. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of the, the basic boundaries and rules and stuff like that in order when we got together. Um, and we were really on board with a lot of those, but even just the small things, you know, how, 
how you address them when you're angry or how mm-hmm. what kind of punishment happens when they get in trouble and things like that. So okay. it it definitely is a struggle. Um, you know, I do I do recommend, you know, I've never been much of a buff for counseling. I kind of feel like, ah, we can figure this out ourselves. We don't need to go talk to someone else about it. But I will say that we went to several counseling sessions, you know, um, about two years into the marriage. And um, it really helped us. To did the girls kinda, go with you? They just, did not. No. It, really, the problem was with him and I, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it Different really, parenting styles. Very much. Make a mess. Yeah. And my kid was raised really good so far. So <laughs> obviously what I was doing was right. And his kid was raised really good so far. So obviously what he was doing was right. Right. So it was difficult for us to kind of blend those two together. Um, it definitely takes some time. It's still taking time. We're still learning as we go. You know, unfortunately, there's no manual that comes along with this. But to anyone out there who's uh, blending their families, I will tell you that it is 100% necessary that you stand together. And even though it may not feel like it all the time, in the end, I think you realize that you were standing together and, um, and you both done just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're doing a fine job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they and each your have three are... eyeballs. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, your girls are total opposites. They are, very much. I mean, even in looks, there's a blonde and there's a brunette. Yep. And, yep. Yeah, one's tall, pers- one's short. Yeah, yeah. Personalities are totally opposite. Yeah. yeah, one loves the outdoor and sports and hates school, and the other one loves school and hates sports and the outdoors. So, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely... Um, Definitely a different mix, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we talked about how you are in a blended family now. You and your husband each had your own kids, but you also grew up in a blended family. I did. How was that for you? Um, I'll tell you, my recollection of it might be a little bit different than my siblings because... Uh, You're the youngest. I am the youngest of six, and there were... My mom had three children, my dad had two, and then they came together and had me. So I was kind of the bratty little sister, from what they'll tell you. They like me now, but they didn't used to. And the things those boys did to me, they were rotten. Like, you know, heads in the toilet and that kind of stuff. Yeah, they were rotten. Hold you down and spit on your forehead. And yeah, they were rotten, rotten to me. Um, but but they, they were also awesome to me. I got, I've got a whole bunch of good big brothers and sisters, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it might be a little bit different for me because I was, I lived with both my mom and dad, and mm-hmm. so coming into the family, being born into that family, they were all my brothers and sisters right from the start. Right. So yeah. I am the only one in the family who is related to all of the siblings. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, I, but I don't have any full siblings. All of my siblings are half, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because my oldest brother, Neil, he actually doesn't have any full siblings either, but he has half mm-hmm. and step. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's exactly, well, not exactly, but there's 10 years apart um, between Neil and I. And Neil's the oldest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. It was neat growing up and seeing, you know, I mean, I get it didn't seem odd to me. Mm-hmm. It, I, I didn't even, I don't even know that I really noticed for a long time that we came from different families. Right. I think the only time that I, I really noticed it was birthdays and Christmas. 
because for some odd reason, all of my siblings were coming home with birthday presents or Christmas presents from these other grandparents or other parents and stuff like that. And so they would all leave and go to their other parents or grandparents. And I was at home with mom and dad like, well, why don't I get anything from grandma I need? Why don't I get anything from Right, yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was a little bit different. I think that's the only time I really noticed it. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, my, my siblings are all my siblings. There's, as far as... I'm concerned, and I was concerned then. There was nothing half or step or anything about it. Mm-hmm. They're 100% mine, so mm-hmm. and they still are. So yeah, and you guys cool. did a lot when you were younger. Like your dad taught you all to ride motorcycles. Yeah, we grew up riding dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pretty cool family thing that we had going on. You know, I don't, I don't know if we were ever poor or struggling for money, but I, if they, if so, my parents never showed me, mm-hmm. never showed us. You know. Um, we started off on dirt bikes when we were all very young. As a matter of fact, I think my dad still has um, a 50 that went through every single one of us siblings. Yeah. You know, and made it through all of us. And of mm-hmm. course, by the time it got to me, the engine blew up and they all blame it on me. But it had nothing to do <laughs> with all five of them riding it before Or how me. old it was. Right. It, yeah. Yes. It had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Melissa, the little sister, is the one who broke it and blew the engine. So, um, but it was, it was kind of cool because, you know, you... you I, I think of it all the time when I see like the cell phone signals, your your signal on your phone, that little line thing uh-huh. that goes the small line up to the big line. Yeah. And that's how our dirt bikes used to look, lined <laughs> up, you know, when we would go up to the mountains and go riding is mm-hmm. we had small to big um, mm-hmm. and everywhere in between to fit all of our sizes. So yeah, we did a lot of riding growing up, a lot of camping. Um, we were very tight for a long, long time. So it kind of sucks to get older and all of us grow up and kind of go our different ways and Move things. across but the country for yeah, each other. Yeah, we all live pretty yeah. far away now, so it's, yeah. it's hard to get um, to get out to see each other except for weddings and holidays and things like that. Right. Yeah, it's nice that you're so close still with all of your siblings, even though you are so far apart. Yeah, and there's some, you know, like my brother Chris, gosh, we can go six months to a year in between talking to each other, mm-hmm. and we just pick up the phone and it feels like we're punching each other in the arm just like we used to, like we didn't even skip a beat. And I really feel like that with all of my siblings. Um, you know, talking to my, my oldest brother, Neil, he was always kind of, I always kind of felt like he was a protector of me when I was little, just because he was the oldest. Yeah, and so even now when I call him, you know, and same thing, it'll be a year that we'll go without talking. And, you know, I'll pick up the phone and I, I automatically feel safe. You know, oh, like nice. my, I got my big brother there. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron and CJ, the the same thing. Just they all kind of played important roles in my life. And mm-hmm. Aaron is the one who who got me out of trouble. And CJ <laughs> was kind of like that that cool silent one. That you know, they just all kind of played their part. And then um, of course Mandy was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen. And I just wanted to do anything I could to grow up to be just <laughs> like her. And um, yeah, we got a a pretty cool family. So. But it's, it's interesting seeing or thinking about our family dynamics and comparing that to what I have now in raising a blended family. Yeah. And it's very much alike, but so much different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, my husband and I had, <clears throat> had planned to have a child right away, which oh. would have been kind of the me, the his, mine, and ours right. that blended us together. Mm-hmm. And really, when we got together and these two girls loved each other so much and hated each other so much all in the same they were 100% sisters 
we just decided like this is perfect our family is perfect just the way it is mm-hmm. you know so we just left it there and we're moving forward with that it's going good so what's it like living in Michigan I don't know how many of the listeners oh, have been to five Michigan. stars all the way Five stars, top of the line. As long yes. as you like cold weather. Yeah, you do have to. You do have to like cold weather, but only part of the year. Now, when I say part of the year, I I do mean about seven months. <laughs> it seems like it is pretty cold up there. But even, you know, even the winter time has fun things to offer. I mean, it's such an outdoorsy state. So I mm-hmm. I really enjoy that because I like being outdoors and really appreciate Mother Nature and all it has to offer. So um, winter time, you know, ice fishing. We love going ice fishing. We got a nice ice shanty and you know snowmobiling and things like that which unfortunately we don't get to go that often um but yeah summers spring is spring is perfect you know i mean my husband told me one time when i first moved up there i said oh is spring gonna come anytime soon i'm (laughs) sick of this gray and the brown and all this stuff and he was like see those little buds over there he's like in two weeks it's just gonna go pop and you're gonna look out there and you're gonna realize that everything is in full bloom and he was right. And now every single year, that's one of my most exciting times of the year is when I see that pop. And I swear it happens overnight and everything mm-hmm. is just gorgeous and luscious. Mm-hmm. So I love the spring there. Summer is full of all kinds of water sports. We've got, um, I call it our Redneck Yacht Club. We've got a couple of crappy little pontoons that we, me and a bunch of friends, we all get together and tie our pontoons together on a lake and hang out there all summer long. Um you know, water skiing and uh, kneeboarding and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we do a lot of kayaking. We've got some real nice rivers right down the street from us. The thing that's unique about Michigan is that the water is everywhere. This isn't like, okay, we're going to go on a camping trip and we got to drive three hours to this lake and we're going to be at a busy lake with all these people. I mean, we literally have our pontoon parked two miles from our house right. on a private lake that someone just lets us use their dock. Mm-hmm. And we and we have full access to that lake all year round. We have three rivers right down the street from us that you can hop in and throw your kayak on at any time. So it really is the perfect place for me as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And in the fall, you have all the colors, you know? Right. And I grew up in Colorado. I love the outdoors, and I appreciate the mountains, and I never, I, I truly, I can say I never took the mountains for granted. I looked at Pikes Peak every morning, and I appreciated the, the snow on the caps, and um I loved Colorado, but um, Michigan is is a gem for sure. It's interesting that you talk about noticing Pikes Peak and appreciating it because normally if you live somewhere, it's just, it is what it is and you don't notice it right? until somebody comes to visit and you're like, oh yeah, I guess we could go show you that or... Yeah, no, I used to love the view of the mountains. So speaking of, um, you talked about all your friends and stuff, so your husband has was born and raised in Michigan yes so he has a ton of friends around there and one thing that I think is interesting that definitely does not happen everywhere else is how they all help each other they all have their different trades Mm -hmm. Um, like your husband's an electrician and somebody else might do something else and if somebody needs some done they just help each other yeah yeah it's a solid barter system and I've never seen that before living and you know and I moved a lot or moved around a lot with my dad being a pilot and, you know, I've lived in Florida and Missouri and Colorado and Michigan, and, you know, um, I've moved around a lot and I've never seen that anywhere that I've been. And it really is a super cool thing mm-hmm. that they have. So, you know, as you said, yeah. my husband's an electrician. His friend is 
does tile, another friend has a pest control business, another one does roofing, another one does siding, another one does landscaping, and they really just barter their work all the way around. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a barter of, I'm going to do this for you this week and you do this for me this week, next week. You know, it really is like, okay, a year I, apart. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to help wire your right. house. And then next year, I'm going to need you to come and, and redo a couple pieces of siding on my house. So right. um, they've known each other, most of his friends, they've known each other since they were babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally babies. You know, these the, uh, the small towns up there, people grow up there and they stay forever they yeah. they know each other so it's mm-hmm. really cool to see that well that happens in montana too the small towns people usually grow up there and stay there but i haven't seen the the bartering and helping each other out yeah so much like that of course i guess where i was from everybody was a farmer so they really yeah there wasn't anything to help each other out with yeah unfortunately as a nurse the there's thing. not much that i can barter with you know my husband always gets these side jobs and stuff and he's always helping people out and getting free work on our house in return mm-hmm. and I'm like man I don't feel like there's anything I can do as a nurse and I had a friend ask me one time well how about some morphine I'm like well I can't, <laughs> can't really help you with that unfortunately so I can plant some flowers for you that's yeah. about all I can do throw in a stitch once in a while right yeah which which I can say I have had a little um feels like medical clinic running out of the back of my house sometimes when somebody gets a big cut or something so yeah yeah well yeah all the family calls you to ask their medical questions yes yep but at least you know we love you it's not just for your medical knowledge i feel it yeah (laughs) i feel the love it's good well our time is about up but i just want to thank you so much for doing this with me and being on my my comeback podcast after covid and i appreciate all of your insight into covid and stuff and hopefully that will help somebody else too and it was just interesting learning about the different family dynamics with blended families and, and that kind of thing. You know what? We, we didn't get into this. You sort of have another blended family because my kids right. didn't know. You're right. I don't think you've even met. Not the whole. Allie. Yeah. yeah. I haven't even met all my siblings. <laughs> yeah. More, more yeah. another stepbrother and stepsister. Yeah. We're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to work on that and get yeah. together with her because I did meet your son, right? right? My brother, my yes. stepbrother. Yes. So now I do have step siblings, right? Yes. Um, I've met him about twice and right away I was like what's up brother and gave him a big hug and he was awesome and I absolutely loved him and um, I see you know I'm friends with your daughter on Facebook and stuff and Mm -hmm. I see her posts out there and I just I'm pretty sure I love her already but I don't know I haven't met her yet well yeah you never know right you never know Allie there's your cue right that's going to be your podcast yeah (laughs) so anyway um, again thank you so much for being here Thank you so much for coming down to take care of us. I love you guys. I'm happy to help. We love you too, and and we don't want you to go. And for everybody out there, I told Tom, my husband, he needs to take a turn for the worse, so Melissa will stay longer. But (laughs) I tried kinking his oxygen hose, but that doesn't work because he's off oxygen some of the time. So there's some good news too. So yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad. It's you know what? Okay, here's my never too late. It's never too late to be able to bond more with your stepdaughter because Melissa and I have had bonding time over this, just so y'all know. We have, and we've spent time together and stuff in the past, but we really haven't got to kick back on the couch late at night and mm-hmm. giggle together. Right, you just know? the two of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, was, this has been a great experience all the way yeah. around. Love you. Love you. <laughs>